stay there. You know what? I believe that every single person on this planet can make a difference. And I believe that we all have something to offer, something that's so unique that it will change somebody else's life. I believe we all deserve to step into our true selves. And I believe that every single person needs to feel great about themselves. I want you to step into who you truly are and I want you to make a difference for somebody else and for yourself. And I don't think it's that hard. It's a matter of putting one step in front of the other and just taking action. And I'm interviewing guests that have done just that. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where you can make that decision to make your life count. It all starts with you saying yes. Howdy and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. You know, when I started this podcast, I said I'm only ever going to have people on once and I'm not going to do repeats, but there have been, this is my third repeat and um, today I'm chatting with Kate Parker and you can hear her in episode, I don't know, it's maybe three or four, but it's right back at the start. But back then I was talking to Kate about her uh, involvement with Sea Shepherd out on the boats and that was a great interview, a fabulous interview. But now she's um, one of the founders of Daughters of the Deep. And so she's still doing Sea Shepherd, but this is to, to help women. And we're going to get, I'll tell you more about this in the in the interview, but I absolutely love what she's doing. I think it's such an important topic. And so I've got her back in and she's going to talk about Daughters of the Deep and the, the amazing work that they're doing. I absolutely love Kate and maybe I'm a bit of a fangirl, but I'll tell you what, she's worth it. So let's talk about the oceans. Let's talk about what's going on in the world. And let's talk about why women should be empowered to do roles, jobs or whatever, to be involved in preserving the ocean and and making it better for all of us. So let's just get straight into it. And you are going to love this. Welcome, Kate. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, Kate, you know, I bloody love you. You are just a freaking ripper. And I don't know, when did I meet you? Was it about four years ago? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I reckon it was about 2018 and that I... I'm going to declare it in front of everyone, Kate. I fell in love with you then. Nobody love you. Stop it. You're so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) And likewise, back, I think it was a mutual falling in love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're just bloody amazing. Well, back then you were working with, um, you know, volunteering on the Sea Shepherd boats and Mm -hmm. and, um, still are. Like, and I, I think what really struck me, not only that you are a freaking gorgeous human being, but your courage, like, and I've always, you know, I've got my Sea Shepherd top on, Yay. so you've got your <laughs> Daughters of the Deep and we're going to talk about that. Woo! Look at us. <laughs> Represent through media. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as much as I support Sea Shepherd, you know, and I'll, I'll buy T-shirts and donate and I'll mm-hmm. do stuff like that, being out on the boat scares the shit out of me. And I've told you that before, you know, that kind of stuff just terrifies me. Yeah. And we're too far away from Melbourne to be doing too much volunteering, so I try and do my bit through promotion and everything else. But you, the courage that I think it takes to go on those ships is um, astounding. You don't seem to think it's... No, and, I and we have touched on this before. And, you know, look, it's absolutely an honour to to hear you say things like that. And, and I, I really appreciate the accolade. But for me, I feel like it just sort of fits with things that I enjoy doing anyway. I think I said to you before, you know, I'm <clears throat> terrible at riding a bike, for example. And if there was a campaign to save an animal that involved cycling for seven weeks, I probably wouldn't do it because I'm terrible on a bike. But, you know, I do love the ocean. I love being on boats. I love being under the water, on top of the water. I don't get seasick. Um, and I love the the I guess the camaraderie of it, the excitement of it, the thrill, the desire to do something that I care about. It fits with all of the things that I enjoy doing anyway. So I really appreciate you saying it takes a lot of courage, but for me, it just feels like oh, it's just something that I would probably pay to do. To be honest, like I would, you know, I'd sign up to do it even if I had to pay because I really just enjoy that experience for for everything that it encompasses it it's all of the things that I enjoy so it doesn't feel courageous to me it just feels like uh, it's a fun treat <laughs> um well I'll, do, I'll ride the bike for the animals okay there right? you go there we go we'll have a cyclothon <laughs> and if anybody's interested you know I've been saying for years well since I started this podcast I'm never having anybody on again twice you know because oh. it's not fair 
in the last few months I've had this is Kate's my third person I've had back on again and go back to I reckon it's about episode three or four that you were on Uh and um, so if anyone wants to go back and listen listen to Kate talking about Sea Shepherd and it's amazing stuff and and sadly I'm going to get to a couple of points sadly um, some of the fights that they're doing still haven't um, been resolved because of dirty fishing habits and everything else but I want to get to that but Mm -hmm. today first of all I want to talk talk about uh daughters of the deep and that that's what you're currently oh I'm gonna say wrapped up in but it's I mean you you're kind of wrapped up in all of them you're mm-hmm. in the coast guard as well and mm-hmm. sea shepherd and daughters of the deep and you just you you just immersed and and now you actually are immersed because you're a dive instructor as well I work full-time <laughs> yeah it's a labor yeah, of love exactly. <laughs> oh, that's right and you work full-time Kate's a speech Speech pathologist, is it? Speech pathologist? Yeah. Yeah. So so just so you know, you can still save the planet and have a job at the same time. You're going to have a pretty good boss. You can uh, definitely try. (laughs) (laughs) So Daughters of the Deep, and I really wanted to um, get you back on to talk about this because, you know, it's, it's, well, there's a lot of things. It saves a plan. A lot of things that hit my values, mm. you know, other than the shitting my pants on a boat. It's it's the, you know, the saving the planet, like saving the animals. It's also Daughters of the Deep also helps women, is really focused on giving women opportunities. So tell us about Daughters of the Deep because I love it. Yeah, me too. And I'm, you know, incredibly proud of, of what we've managed to achieve. We're a fairly new organization. We just launched last year in June. Um, but yeah, just to give a bit of the background. So I was actually approached by a friend who I met um, many years ago. Actually, we took a boat trip from Panama to Colombia and I met this guy, George, and we remained friends. And he went on to start working in conservation diving. He's got a few dive schools around the world. And then obviously I was in Sea Shepherd and we communicated a fair bit around um, ocean conservation stuff. And then he approached me with an idea. And his idea was um, Doors of the Deep. So it was he had seen the, you know, the gap in the in the industry there. He has a, a goddaughter in Nicaragua and he was aware of some of the struggles that she would be facing in terms of entering the workforce and in terms of some of the barriers for, for women. Yeah. And uh, he had this idea that we could have an organization that would try and address some of those inequalities, try and um fund women who have not necessarily got the economic resources or the social resources to get into well originally we thought we would do around scuba diving so that was his thing let's get let's fund women to get into scuba diving with a view for them to be able to join a conservation workforce underwater so coral reef restoration and monitoring of what's happening that was sort of the core idea and of course he as soon as he said that I was like yeah brilliant I'm on board and himself and another girl L who he had worked with in his organization conservation diver another incredibly very qualified diver and passionate conservationist. The three of us sort of formed this idea and we launched and it's basically what we're doing is the fundraising part of it. And then we're collaborating with organizations on the ground to channel those funds in to do local projects. Long-term goal would love to have a Daughters of the Deep Dive School or something like that. But in reality, um, myself and Ella are in Australia, George is over in Europe. And we recently re- or shortly after launching recruited um, another amazing woman, a diver in Spain called Gigi. Um, and so it's hard for us to actually be anywhere where we want to funnel those money, that money. So we do the fundraising we raise awareness we sell our merchandise we ask for money from big corporate organizations that kind of stuff and then we send those money that money out to organizations that through our networks because between the four of us have all all worked in diving and conservation we've got a fairly large network so organizations that align with our ethical environmental values um, we have been selecting local women that we can help fund or add adding money into already established programs that are around empowering local women to look after their oceans so there's like a few different projects that we've um, started over the last year or so and we're looking for more projects we're always interested to find local groups that are are also invested in in funding women to become part of that workforce and it's kind of grown organically from originally just around diving to actually funding women to get an education to stay in school so they can go on and become marine biologists or kind of um, one of our most recent projects was around training girls to become whale guides to be able to understand 
the cultural significance of the whales in their area and also the economic and environmental like necessity to have them and how we can um by you know training these girls in in the conservation of these animals we can give them careers in whale guiding and um you know increase tourism and on all those kind of things so uh, it's kind of become quite a wide ranging project of anything mm. that is supporting women into marine industries at this stage, but who knows where it might evolve and grow into. That's fantastic. Well, you know, when you said um, about you handpick girls, you know, you find girls, how do you find, how do you do that? Like, is Yeah, that- so, so our original project, so our sort of flagship project initiative was in Madagascar and we collaborated with an organisation there who are the Madagascan um research and conservation institute mrci you can find them and uh they were an organization that we knew uh, on a personal level through george's connections with his dive company and um we were talking with one of the girls working there and she said that they knew of a local girl called marie jean or everyone calls it mj and she just gave us some of this backstory and it was that and i didn't know this until we started this project but that in madagascar it's actually quite common that young girls like teenage girls as a way to bring money to their family and their community, we will marry foreigners. This is kind of um, kind of disgusting, really, but that is a, a fairly common uh, sort of route to gaining financial mm-hmm. support. And this girl was abandoned. MJ was abandoned at a young age um, and was brought up by her grandfather who wanted her to stay in education, but her grandfather had become sick and she was unable to continue with her school fees. And um, MRCI were, you know, obviously really concerned that if she wasn't going to school, that she might then end up down that road of of getting yeah. getting married off. And so we were able to finance her remaining in school because the granddad could no longer pay those school fees. So in collaboration with them, you know, they identified the girl that was really in need. And then we did that initial project. And we've also supplemented that with English, extra English tutorial lessons to kind of in, in boost that kind of capacity to get into those workforces um, and also providing scuba diving certification and marine conservation education and um, you know uh, giving her food and and living stipends so that she can actually continue in school and with a view to potentially going and studying marine biology and that kind of thing so um, that was our initial project so it was just having local people on the ground who were able to point us in the right direction and since then we've funded another two girls who are also facing challenges that they've identified. So we've got a young girl, Flaria, and a young girl, Olivian, and both those girls now are um, studying. To Flaria wants to become a marine, marine biologist, so we're funding her to do her studies. And Olivian has now got um, is heading towards, oh no, currently in a internship with um, MRCI where she wants to do studying um, turtle, creating a sea turtle hatchery and studying seagrass, monitoring the seagrass in that area. So she's now looking at a career in that direction as well. So that's how we started out, but then other projects are more wide reaching. So like we we funded an already established project in, um, it's called the Sea Women of Mel- Melanesia. I don't know if you've heard of them, part of the Coral Sea Foundation. I can send you all the links to these as well. Yeah, that'd be good, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and um, they're an already established uh, group and they basically take local women and train them in like um, coral reef monitoring and that kind of thing. Um, and so Daughters of the Deep was able to collaborate with them to extend that project and fund more women. They're out of, um, we're funding a region, they're at the areas Kimbe in the north of Papua New Guinea. Um, and so we didn't directly pick anyone, but we provided extra funds and resources so that they can pay for the training and all the equipment that they need to do all the science and technology education to continue the coral reef monitoring so sometimes it's direct directly chosen and sometimes we'll just say you know if you've already got something that's off the ground we're happy to put our funds towards that yeah Yeah. wow and so when you're saying like to me that sounds like a big expense and before you're talking about um fundraising you're saying selling t-shirts and stuff like to me it sounds like that's you know, hundreds of thousands of t-shirts uh, you know like it, yep. like how else do you get your money yeah like, well, I mean it's, it, it's been amazing we've managed to raise a lot of funds like obviously those funds um go quite a long way in those areas so the yeah. kind of you'd be amazed how much you know those funds can stretch for like a year of education can be you yeah. know just a few hundred dollars and things like that yeah. but it, also we've had an incredible response you know we've been absolutely blown away with all the support that we've had and I mean I think between the four of us we have a huge network of friends and family and everyone's been buying the merchandise and you know which has been fantastic to see so so 
we did get a lot of input from that. We've had some people just donating directly. And, you know, people like here around table and our good friend, Matt, um, yeah. they stepped in and they funded a whole project that we have now in Newey around the, the whale guiding. So that was directly funded by our friends at here around table. So we're kind of doing a lot of uh, fundraising just through online sales. L over in WA did a launch party and we like we took over a pub and we had raffles and you know all that kind of thing. So it is a lot of fundraising and some some of it through the merchandise and some of it through trying to secure more of those like business sponsorships. So yeah, it's been incredible how much we've raised just just from doing that. So I guess maybe we just touched a nerve. People seem quite um, inspired by that or feel like that's something that they want to invest their money in which is really nice to see yeah oh I think it's fantastic and you just said you know our friend Matt um, Matt Langdon from the, the the founder of Hero Roundtable and he I was in Michigan with him you know a couple of weeks ago and he he said to me you know in he, that it, that him and well, him and him and his daughter um, Vienna were going to do a talk on it, but there wasn't the opportunity that oh, okay. they thought they had to fill a gap and they were going to talk on that and and I said you you what? And he said, yeah, we funded a project. I said, oh man, I said, I want to do that. You know, and, and, you know, my partner and I, we've got girls with hammers and, you know, I, I did speak to Kate only a couple a week ago and said, we are, we want to fund something. So yeah, yeah. um, there's, this is, this is how exciting it is. When you said touching a nerve, as soon as Matt said it, I was like, my hair stood on end and I'm like, yeah, I want to do that too. You know, that's so, so important. So if there's anyone listening to this and they, and you've got, I don't know, what, what would it, Cost Kate? I mean, can we? Well, it de- I mean, it totally depends. Like, we'll t- obviously we'll take anything. Give us a dollar, we'd be happy with it. But obviously, the no, more we you want donate, more. We want the more, more. <laughs> the more we can do. So we, you know, we are we've got um, internships in Thailand. We're looking at getting other projects off the ground. And like, you know, if somebody wanted to fund a specific project, or if you know a specific project that you would really like to get off the ground in the area, fantastic. Let us know. Um, or if you want to know, like, if I give you this much money, how much? can that directly support or what can you do with it? And we can absolutely, you know, crunch some numbers and work that one out. Um, but yeah, at any level of support, whether it's ongoing donations or whether it's just like a lump sum, it's like, I really want to do this in this area and we'll go out there and find a project that's worth funding. I think that, I think that you're right. I think just going back to touching a nerve, I think one of the things that makes Daughters quite unique is well, as you know, from from Girls with Hammers and the work that you do in that space, you know, gender inequality is still rife as much as we've moved mm. on. It's still there's still big gaps there. Yeah. And um, there's an awful lot of work around championing women, which is, you know, all part of the same. It's all part of the same drive. We all it's very important work. Um, and, and, and we were looking at sort of those diving communities are quite playful around look at those being women and we're doing what we're doing and I think where daughters fits a kind of uh, niche maybe is is more kind of championing that's why our logo is quite it's for one of a better word like badass like we're not just having fun doing this we are part of this elite workforce and we can work just as hard as you would know with girls and hammers and yeah. you know and we can do things that are quite dangerous just as much as our male counterparts and daughters is actually going to fund some of those things so it is about championing it but it's also about getting out there and go okay this there's a deficit here in this workforce we're going to support you however we can um through funding to be able to match in you know the gaps in that workforce so i think um you know it's kind of tangible it's kind of like about female representation and all that kind of or female identifying i'll just have to add that note as well um mm. but it's it's also about like actual things that you can see the hands-on effect like what matt has funded in new way you've actually now got six girls who are trained to be well guys that's a, a, an actual yeah. tangible result of that funding wow. so i think it's um I think that's why it's kind of been quite successful because I don't know of too many other programs out there doing that end of the spectrum. You know, it's all worthy work, but um, to actually be out there identifying those deficits and funding them, I think is something that has really spoken to a lot of people, which is really nice. Oh, I think it's fantastic. And it's not a lot of money, like a couple of grand, you know, can can buy, you know, support a whole whole program or a sure. whole project and that sort of stuff. And I, I reckon if, you, if you're thinking about that and thinking, God, I'd love to be able to help. I can't help any other way. Like me, I'm not getting on a boat and I'm not getting under the water, you know, but 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 how can you help? And if you've got the money, just, you know, like what, what there's no better feeling, do you know, than, hey, I just funded that whole program and now, yeah. like Matt, you know, now these six girls are now going to be whale guys. I mean, that, that's tough. And 
exactly that and you know so when I was talking to Matt about that I think that we talked about a few different projects that we could have him and Vienna fund and we picked Nui because it's close to Australia because he and Vienna want to go to Nui and meet the girls and it's like an actual project that you can do and I'm like I want to come too you know and yeah. and George our founder or the guy who sort of started this whole initiative he's actually in Madagascar right now and he's meeting with MJ and Flavia and Olivia and and like what a gorgeous thing to be able to do to be like you know I'm you know I, I have managed to support this and now I can see it in action and I can see face to face like how this is going to affect you and change your life and and you know be a part of that process so I think that's that's really nice and I hope I get to meet some of these girls one day as well <laughs> it would be so good yeah it's really um yeah really touches to that human spirit of collaboration and community work and yeah, yeah. I think that's important to a lot of people yeah I bloody love it. And I love I do love what you're saying about the logo. It is badass. You know, it is see, badass. Lee Shepherd's yeah, yeah. badass. Yeah. It's badass. And it's kind of saying, oh, in, in the way I see it, you know, some people say Sea Shepherd looks like pirates or mm. whatever, whatever you want to say, you know, but I think what it stands for is no, we're not gonna, we're not we are badass and we're not gonna sit back and let you assholes screw up the world, you know, and, and you're not gonna yep. let people treat women like they're pieces of shit. We're yep. gonna step in and stand up and you need to bloody move out of the way because we're yeah, coming yeah. through and we're going to do it whether you like it or not and I I love that kind of energy that goes with it you know it's yeah. just it's powerful. yeah definitely and I, I it is it's powerful and you know it's been a really interesting process and heartbreaking at the same time because we did a lot of interviews where we first started I was interviewing lots of women in in areas of marine uh, the marine industry that people would kind of raise an eyebrow at like um not, maybe not just in diving but commercial diving which is pretty pretty hardcore I don't think I would ever do that you know like welding and things under rigs and oh, yeah. like you know installing yeah. piers and all that kind of stuff um you know and you do you do come across kind of the um the the gender bias there of, of like um women entering into that workforce and and there are so many women who are doing really hardcore things it's not just about like oh we're you know we're here and we're doing it we're actually um just just as capable as the male counterparts and yeah that that girl that I interviewed um who was a commercial diver, she told me some really heartbreaking stories around her experiences as a woman in that industry. You know, things like being asked in her interview whether or not she was planning on having a family because the boss didn't want to pay for her maternity leave. And dare I even say it, like um, asking her whether she'd be able to dive when she was on a period, you know, like really archaic, just bullshit. Um, and then it, eventually she did, you know, she pushed through all that shit and she did manage to get a, a job. And her boss, who was originally hesitant, now says uh, she's one of the best workers, obviously, um, and that he wants to employ <laughs> more women and he wishes he'd done it sooner. You know, so it's like uh, it, we are just absolutely as part of that workforce and we should be seen as absolutely as competent, absolutely as daring. We have female captains on our ships at Sea Shepherd who are every bit as ballsy as the male captains, every bit as competent, if not more so. So I think it's about, yeah, uh, meeting, balancing that, but also showing that that's that's across all all areas of the most challenging jobs out there women can absolutely do them the same to the same level so I think mm. it's really important that we maintain that kind of gritty image that's not just we're girls and we're doing it yay <laughs> yeah I love it you know you thinking of Sea Shepherd and thinking about saving the oceans and your, and your daughters of deep getting more women out there because you know there's a lot more a lot of passion in the women you know wanting to save it there's, there, I've heard this and it sort of really it disappoints me knowing people say, who gives a shit about the ocean, like just bloody fish yeah. and, you know, I've, I've heard those comments and and then other people are really smart asses and, you, you, oh, yeah, like pretty good go fishing and chuck a fish on the bar, like just sort of real, real, well, I'm just going to say it, dickhead comments, you mm -hmm. know, that kind of stuff. And so there's a, there's a lot of attitude and not not from everyone because there are some really great people who do understand that if the oceans die, we freaking die. And if you don't understand that, hear me say it, guys, if, we, if the ocean dies, we die. Like we are so dependent on the ocean. Mm -hmm. What, I, I guess... How do you how do you respond to that? Like, if 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 people don't understand, they say they know that the Japanese um, have got the whaling boats, and they go, yeah, yeah, but 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 they're doing that for research, and they got to you know, like that's fair enough. Like, like, what do you say to that kind of stuff? Because yeah, because I mean, got to save the oceans. Yeah, it's really hard, and I feel like this is a question that comes up often with other activists. You know, like how do we tackle this issue? Because it's so 
giant and it permeates yeah. so many different systems and it's so easy to have apathy and just go oh it's like oh, away from me I can't see it I don't care yeah. I think um I generally come from an angle of trying not to be too aggressive with you know I'm, I've got a head full of facts that are like really hardcore facts but I wouldn't necessarily start at that point I try to find something that is relevant to the person so a good example of this so the other day um, I lived with a girl um, who I also met from Sea Shepherd actually she's one of my crew members amazing woman and um, together we're doing so we're doing a charity walk for climate for change because obviously we care about the climate and um, we got in a taxi the other day and it, there's been a lot of floods here in Melbourne as you know yeah. just around here and the taxi driver started talking about the floods and then he started talking about um uh you know, everyone says it's global warming, but it was always flooded in Melbourne, la, 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 la. And I'm looking at my housemate. We're like, mm, don't say anything, like trying to keep quiet. <laughs> and so we were just gently and kindly exploring that with him and just talking about, oh, yeah, OK, but have you noticed that that's increased anymore in recent years? Or, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and anyway, long story short, we went around the houses and he eventually just said, oh, I suppose I just don't really care that much. Like, I just don't, you know, I don't really care. And we were just, OK. And then we said, well, you know, he said, oh, that's right. He said, I'll be dead before any of that. That happens and we said oh yeah that probably true um do you have any kids and he's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. I said, well what do you what do you think your kids world will look like then and he's sort of like oh yeah you know I suppose I just hadn't really thought about it so like just trying to find something that like somebody really cares about so like with that whole thing about caring about the oceans well yeah maybe you don't care about the fish in the ocean but do you like to breathe because you're not gonna be able to breathe in a few years if you don't save the ocean you know like or do you like doing ocean sports or you know like what, what is it that connects you like try and find something that you can connect them to that um you know do you care about um climate change like if you care about climate change then you have to think about saving the oceans if you care about you know uh, uh, atrocities happening to humans then you have to care about the oceans because there's so much human trafficking trafficking and slavery that's happening in these industrial fishing organizations do you have a dog do you love your dog would you eat your dog why are you eating a tuna you know like try and find something that you can get on a level with that person in a way that's not aggressive and that's not going to get them on the back foot and just try and put a plant a seed of oh shit yeah I probably didn't think about that Oh, yeah, I probably should think yeah. about my kids or well, I suppose I do care about my dog. Why wouldn't I care about a whale? You know, like, I don't yeah. know. It's difficult. It's fucking hard. And there's so many different <laughs> ways to, to <laughs> there's so many yeah. different ways to peel that potato, you know, skin a potato or whatever. Um, and, you know, shouting about it is one. Writing letters to the government is another. Doing going and parading and campaigning in the streets is another. Going out on Sea Shepherd is another. Having gentle conversations and being open-minded to the oppos the opposing view, I think, is another that's also just as valid in that space. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we just have to try and find something quickly. Well, I, I kind of see it like a um a triangle. Like there's you know agitate, advocate, and educate. You know, and yeah. and which one of those do you sit on? You know, and mm -hmm. and I know that for me. Years ago, I was sitting on the agitate, you know, you know, like I, I was so bloody angry with people, do you, you know, and it yeah. didn't work for me. It didn't, you know, it yeah. didn't work. And I remember being in Melbourne one day, handing out flyers, some vegan, you know, animal rights flyers, and which I believe in, you know, I was doing this. And then this guy that I was doing it with, um, as these people walked past, he tried to hand the flyer to them and they said that they were quite polite and they said, no, thanks. And, and, that's their choice, do you, you know? And he 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 went on to abuse them, call them mm. effing idiots, and 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 right in that moment, I just put my flies down and I just went home. I yeah. thought I'm not gonna, right. I'm not even gonna yeah. do this, do you, you yeah. know? Because he, he, as much as I'm angry, I'm not abusing people, do you, you know? Yeah, what, you yeah, know, exactly. Like, I'm it's frustrated. Really, it's delicate balance, isn't it? But you're right. It like is. when I first joined Sea Shepherd all those years ago, and I got really overexposed to I was watching so many documentaries about what's yeah. happening because I just didn't know like everyone else just didn't know and then I'm watching Racing Extinction and I'm watching Blue and I'm watching you know all these really heavy documentaries and I was fucking angry about it like how mm. is this happening and people don't know about it and I think you do go through that process as an activist whatever your activism you know I've seen yeah. friends yeah. get really into the Black Lives Matter movement or friends who are really invested in like um, you know human rights and things like that and you can see like it's just so frustrating because why is it left to a small proportion of the world to give a fuck about these things? Excuse me. Mm. Um, right. it, you know, and why is it that the rest of the majority of the planet just get to live in complete ignorant bliss, which it is. Sometimes I think like, God, it would just be easier to, I don't know, watch the Kardashians and book a holiday. <laughs> like, but, but that's not, it doesn't fit right with my morals yeah. and my ethics. And so we do, but 
I think you sort of have to go through that process of being really angry and realizing that that anger doesn't always work. And that's not to bash organizations that use that as their tool. You know, there are a lot of direct action organizations out there who are pretty, you know, like um, anonymous, the animals and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think maybe that does impact in some ways. But for me, I sort of had to get through the anger and get to a point of um, what's the phrase? You get more bees with honey than vinegar yeah yeah, it, yeah yeah you, you know be, be a nice person, be, a kind person be open to a conversation and then trick yeah. them into listening to you <laughs> and, and taking your point of view that's that's the angle I'm going down just reel them in with niceness and then them back to make them think about it <laughs> well I, I started going down that whole path of just um, reeling them in with role modeling Do you, yeah, you know yeah, it's kind of like yeah. you know I'd, I'd have a vegan meal and people would say what are you eating that shit for and yep. I'd say well you know what I just don't think I need to murder someone, you know, to, yeah. to have a meal. Yeah. Well, well, I didn't kill it. Yeah, like, yeah. No, but someone did. Someone yeah. did. It. Totally. I, said, I love that one. Another favorite. Yeah, I love that because I, it makes people think. And the other one, the other one I like in that argument as well is like, I just don't think this animal needs to die for me to have a nice taste for five minutes. Yeah. Lots of other things taste nice. And I don't think nobody needs to leave that lose their life just so that I can have a nice taste in my mouth. But yeah. But that's up to you. You have a think about that. <laughs> well, there's a judgment uh, slash huge judgment. But the point is, I tell you what the point is, though, is that people do care. Do you know, so whether you're educating, advocating, you know, or, or agitating, whatever yeah. you're doing, it's so bloody nice just to see people care Yeah, about, about totally. something beyond themselves. Do you know, totally, I, yeah. I think yeah. that's important. Um, I was going to ask you, which is really, I love it. What do you think, I don't love this, but just so that we can sort of hit some ground, what is the, not that we haven't been, mm-hmm. what is the greatest um, marine threat, do you reckon? Like what's, because we're saying, we're saying, you know, the waters, the oceans are going to die mm-hmm. soon if we don't like make some okay. change. Okay, um, if, you, if you wanted to go in more conceptually, I would say the biggest threat to the oceans is apathy people not giving a shit (laughs) but if you want to say more tangibly or realistically I think plastics is a huge issue that is going to uh, uh, consume us all very soon um the the amount of plastics in the ocean is is crazy and it's uh it's almost like a runaway train and we also I don't think we've really seen the the full extent of that even if we were to stop plastic production from the top-down industry and bottom up you know consumption uh all those I suppose they're the same thing when I said that out loud that was silly um but you know like if even if government stopped it and we um stopped demanding it then um i think that we will still see the huge the aftermath of the plastic generation you know because it's only been around since like the 70s hasn't it it was huge amounts of plastic now i think that is huge um and then just like yeah illegal fishing illegal fishing unreported fishing all of the stuff that goes with that that is a huge proportion of what's the threats to the ocean whether it's i mean i know sea shepherd just recently um talked about a campaign you might have caught it where they were fishing for um prawns and like 98 percent of the catch was bycatch and thousands and thousands and thousands of fish and dolphins and turtles and god knows what else were just discarded for like six prawns or whatever you know it's that kind of stuff that is decimating our oceans in staggering levels the amount of sharks that we're killing like not less than 900,000 a year or something bycatch for because they might have a ticket to catch one thing and they're catching a bazillion others that they're not catching using and then they're just discarding and die you know all of that illegal fishing industry is um yeah is definitely a huge threat and I think possibly more so than anything else at the moment yeah there'll be so many people who say yeah but when they buy catch they they, they save their lives they throw mm. them back in and uh, what what's the truth about that absolutely not no um you know the if you think about the way that they catch those fish often it's like that purse seining um technique which i don't know if you know but it's like they kind of like a drop a massive net in a big circle yeah. and then they it's like a purse they kind of tighten the purse strings and um yeah. and they yeah. and they catch it all up and uh they'll have tons and tons and tons and tons of animals in there and then they haul it out. And so if you think about, I mean, even just the bodies of fish and, and, and sea creatures, they're designed to be suspended in water. They're not designed to be taken out. Even just removing some of those deep water animals out into the surface uh, air pressure that we have, it will crush all of their internal body parts anyway. But imagine that times the thousands mm. of millions of other animals that are surrounding you squished into this net. And then you're dumped onto a deck in air when you breathe water, obviously. Um, so then they're, they're, they're suffocating not only from the pressure but from not being able to breathe and they're left there while they pick through and find their two and a half prawns or whatever the 
crap it is and then they're discarded back so most often those animals are, are crushed they've suffocated in the air they are so damaged by that whole process that none of them survive you know i think the survival rates of bycatch i don't i wouldn't even dare to guess i would say probably less than one percent um just not really it's just not a realistic argument uh when you look at the way that those industries work and there's plenty of evidence out there to show and and sh and document what actually happens it's not just a man with a fish even though you know john what's a face tuna playpool will have you believe that because they put like a little line and a hook on their tins to try and convince you yeah. that that's what's happening but it's absolutely not you know or when they're dragging huge nets across the ocean floor and destroying everything that lives down there and all the the reefs and all the you know life systems that are down there get destroyed by those huge huge terrible fishing practices so uh yeah bycatch is 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 a huge issue and it's certainly not one that makes it sustainable or any of those crappy words that people use no and it's also even if you didn't care about one type of fish let's say and we're not we're not uh, mixing dolphins in with fish and mm. sharks in with fish and all that sort of stuff turtles so even if you didn't it, it's it's the eco the chain, you know, the ecosystem, the chain mm -hmm. of uh, what's it called? The chain of oh, what? Why have I lost that word? You know, you know, like what, what, what each um, animal eats. Do you, you yeah, know, yeah, like the food chain, yeah, and the ecosystem, the yeah, for sure, exactly. No, you're right, and that's why you know people think like, oh, whatever, sharks, who cares? But sharks are apex predators; they're top of that food chain, and there's so much evidence that we know, we've seen many times. You remove one part of that that yeah. whole process, and then the 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 part below will overpopulate, um, or you know, and then that will destroy the lower you know look at there's so many examples of that with you know yellowstone national park and yeah. in, in various places with the wolves and the deers and you know yeah. you take one thing out of that system that ecosystem and the whole thing is thrown into imbalance nature knows what it's doing and it's designed a certain way for a reason and when we start meddling with it and removing certain species the whole thing just collapses never mind you know all that we know around um the phytoplankton that are getting destroyed and the processing of carbon in the air and the oceans dying from global warming and all that kind of crap you know uh, even just those ecosystems in amongst the animals that live in the oceans that we disrupt those too much we're going to see complete collapse so yeah, um, yeah yeah like you said if you don't care about one thing hopefully there'll be something else that you care about in all of that atrocities well, and, and we're all so interconnected you know all mm. of us like us humans are so dependent i remember when you're talking about the um i'm not sure it was yellowstone national park but i think it was with the um wolves and mm -hmm. they they moved all the wolves out because it's kind of like you know someone someone decided they didn't like wolves mm -hmm. but then and, and and don't get me wrong because i can't remember the story exactly but everything dried up you know and mm -hmm. and I think it was the deer or, or yep. the antelope or um, became too popular and mm -hmm. they were destroying everything. And then there's somebody in their wisdom, which is great wisdom, said, let's put the wolves back in. Mm -hmm. And and the river started flowing again. Mm -hmm. You know, all of the earth flourished. started compacting properly yep. again. Everything started flourishing yep. again. Because, yeah, and the deers had over the deers had overpopulated and the deers were chewing through all of those tiny little shoots of young trees um young plants that often are around those rivers or whatever and then because of that that all the little bugs and all the little creatures that would normally live in those plants disappeared so then all of the small animals that live off them like the water base like water rats and all the kind of like little just the whole ecosystem just dried up because there were too many deers who were just destroying everything and then you put the wolves back in the deers fall down the plants can grow back the frogs and all the things that eat those little bugs come back and nature flourishes again because she knows yeah. what she's doing because she's smart no yeah nature knows what she's doing not us with guns no we're stupid <laughs> and i think that we, the minute when we, when we actually wake up to that you know well there's too many deer so now we'll just shoot the deer uh, it's kind of like if, if we just let nature take care of, and i've had so rewilding. many people people say if we don't eat the cows they'll overpopulate us no i know i know i can't i can't handle it now anyway let's before i get into a cranky state <laughs> Um, what about this, um, the vaquita? You've been done a lot of work in mm. Sea Shepherd in the Gulf of Mexico and yeah. trying to save a little porpoise called the vaquita. Yeah. And you what were in there, I, you know, I, I was following you. We're friends. I mean, you were in there for like two two years or more, you know, like I, I'm to about get... to go on my sixth or seventh campaign wow. for that one. Yeah, I've been doing that since 2017. It, yeah that was oh that's shit that's no five years yeah, yeah huge yeah so um yeah so that you know I well that one breaks my heart yeah it's um 
the vaquita, as you know, lives just in that area in the northern part of the Gulf of California in Mexico, only indigenous in that area. And uh, it's going extinct, not because people are trying to kill the vaquita, but because people want to catch a fish that lives in that area called the totoaba. And the reason they want to catch that fish is not to eat it, but to cut out its swim bladder, which is the thing that kind of gives it ballast, um, and dry it out and then send it over to Asia to be sold on the black market. Why? I don't know. I think historically it had some perceived medicinal properties, as often is the case with things that end up on the Chinese black market. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but it's sort of almost become a status symbol now. And people will give it as a wedding gift. They don't eat it. They might frame it and put it on the wall, that kind of thing. Oh. Um, and the demand has gone up so high uh, that it's worth you know more than like rhino horn and and cocaine and gold and you know it's like it's just crazy how much it's worth so everyone's clambering to get this fish including um obviously cartel have got quite heavily involved in that and the way that they catch it is using a net that has quite a large space in it to catch the totoaba on its gills called a gill net and it's an illegal type of of net um and unfortunately the 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 vaquita is roughly the same size as that totoaba oh my gosh i couldn't say it and um, is sort of by proxy dying in those nets that are aimed to get the totoaba. So when I first went out there in 2017, they estimated there was between 30 and 50 left. And now they think probably less than 10 um, wow. in the world because they only live there. So super sad, super important work that's happening. Um, yeah, and it's uh, it's been fascinating to see how that's grown and changed over the years from um, you know, just patrolling and the poachers being afraid of us to them becoming much more confident to them attacking us to us having armed guard on board our vessel to, you know, now engaging with the Navy to to um, when we, we're, we're now patrolling and we're really effectively patrolling the area where a lot of those vaquita are found. And then if we do find anyone illegally fishing, we're reporting to the Navy and they're being super efficient in in uh, approaching those vessels and tackling that situation. But I believe earlier this year was the first year we've actually had no poachers within that area because of our heavy presence there, which wow. is a huge, huge win. So yeah, really yeah. hopeful that that will go in, in a positive direction. I do know like biologically, because I get asked this one as, uh, as well a few times, like, is, is it likely that the species can recover when there's that few, few many left mm. you know, in terms of inbreeding and stuff like that? But apparently biologically, it is actually capable of reproducing, even if there was just one male and one female left um, because of, I think because of the fact that it's always lived in such a small area that, that, that it's kind of evolved to be able to have some inbreeding without too many issues um but you know the problem would be i think they only have one calf or pup whatever it's called uh, like a year or whatever so to regrow that population is going to take a huge amount of enforcing um patrolling in that area and keeping that place safe so that the vaquita can repopulate and 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 hopefully we'll save it from going extinct yeah oh and we, what are we what do we lose in 2000 um species or something a day or something Crazy, like that yeah. between plants like, and animals yeah it's yeah, wild. yeah 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 not just not porpoises and stuff but still yeah. it's just you know the the fact that they're just using that swim bladder as mm. a, a non-necessity do you, you mm. know it's oh it's heartbreaking it's and it's it's just greed and it's so pointless and you know, it's just uh, I think people don't. Well, it comes back to the whole thing of like getting people to care. But you know, I watched Racing Extinction again recently, which was one of the first documentaries that ever really inspired me. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a guy there who's cataloging all these animals that are going extinct. And you know, they showed footage of this bird, and it's a male bird, and he's calling for his partner. And then they voiceover says, "He's the last one. There, there is no more of his species. He's never going to find a partner. They're never going to have another child." You know. And, it just it's just like oh it's so heartbreaking to think that this is happening so so regularly these frogs going extinct all the time you know all these animals going extinct but obviously the vaquita is one that you know it looks like a dolphin and people care about it so it's a really good kind of um yeah. uh what's the word poster child for the campaign yeah. but you know essentially that covers all animals that are going extinct like we should care about these animals and um and yeah the idea of losing the animal now is just it's just heartbreaking yeah yeah, I agree. Mm. How can people get involved? Like other than like they can get involved with, um, uh, you know, buying your T-shirts and by donating to a program or just donating anyway. To, but, to daughters or to well, Sea Shepherd or everything? Yeah, I, yeah well, to, we've already covered to Daughters of the Deep. So in a pro, you can fund 
send some money in and either mm -hmm. a big amount or, or a small amount where you can buy a T-shirt or, mm -hmm. you know, if you see any fundraising. Same with Sea Shepherd. Buy mm -hmm. buy uh, merchandise, you know, get involved, mm -hmm. give money. How can people, um, if people are listening to this and go, fuck, I didn't know any of that. I didn't mm. realise that. What What's the best course of action for the yeah, average absolutely. Person? And I think, like, getting the message out there. So, um, like, sharing social media posts is a huge one. Um, if that's all you do, that's still hugely beneficial, just sharing that message. Because a lot of people are just like, whoa, I had no idea. Mm. So you go, well, look at this video. This is actually, this is a real video. This isn't made up. This is what's happening in the oceans. So I think, like, following on following along conservation uh, web pages and, and sharing the information there is really fantastic getting educated yourself you know a lot of these documentaries they're not you know they're not like really gruesome or anything they're, they're heartbreaking some of them but um they're mm. also quite inspiring so there's a whole bunch of environmental documentaries that you can watch and you can um learn what's happening from there and then yeah I suppose just changing your own practices so going back yeah. to plastics you know refusing single-use plastics thinking about a plant-based diet um shopping locally to reduce your carbon imprint all those kind of things in, in your own personal choices who you're voting for in government looking at local environmental policies um you can go and help out in your local communities if there's environmental projects you can get involved you know there's there's a whole suite of things you can do from the extreme to the kind of mundane um and we can make those choices every single day you know in, in the way that we spend our money in the way that the places that we support not going to sea world you know those those kind of things like there's um a lot of different ways that you can be trying to save these animals or save the ocean without actually leaving your house yeah for sure and every single thing you said there is small and achievable like yeah. every little thing you could do all of those things or even if you did one of those things if every single household did one of those things we'd, yeah. we'd be in a much much better Absolutely, situation yeah. and they're not hard things to do mm. so but you've just reminded me too when you said sharing social media posts I was just thinking shit I haven't I haven't seen any Sea Shepherd ones for ages and I haven't shared any. So there's going to be a challenge there for me to start, start, buddy. There you go. That's your homework. Start sharing. Lift, there's my homework. <laughs> lift, lift your game, Garen. Don't just wear the T-shirts. Bloody start sharing. And you do stuff. absolutely loads. You have so many projects and you care so deeply. You are definitely not someone who should be berated for not doing enough. You already do absolutely <laughs> well, loads. Oh, well, I can do more. We can all do more. And it's. Um, I wish more people had the Karen mentality. Ah, <laughs> That's my number well, one thing. But I'm not perfect. I... No, no one's perfect. But if we had more people who had your attitude, we would be in a lot better place. That's for sure. Well, hopefully through this podcast, um, myself and my amazing guests like you, you know, can actually start to inspire people to believe that they have more uh, more impact than they think sure. they do, you know, and more yeah. possibility to do to make change than they think they do. So um, yeah. that's that's my job. That's my that's my footprint on this planet. Is to, fantastic. Yeah, what a worthy can, cause. <laughs> I can live with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, now, where can people find you? Uh, well, you so got, and Daughters of the Deep, and yeah, you. Daughters of the Deep uh, online with www.daughtersofthedeep.org. We're on Instagram as Daughters of the Deep official, and Facebook as Daughters of the Deep. Um, sea Shepherd, you can jump on the Sea Shepherd Global pages or Sea Shepherd US pages. Um, you can follow all of their social media online. Uh, I myself am Lady Parker at 1984 on Instagram, but you don't need to follow me. <laughs> uh, follow the follow the pages, follow Daughters of the Deep, and follow Sea Shepherd, and follow the great work that's happening and getting off the bench and Girls With Hammers and other organ organisations out there that are doing great things. So, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely love it. And are you on LinkedIn? I you am not. Oh, do you know, I think I am on LinkedIn. I don't think I've checked LinkedIn in about 10 million years, but if I am, it'll be for speech therapy stuff. So if you want a speech therapist, find me as Well, that's just as needed. If, if people want to donate, like if, they, if people want to donate for a program and say, hey, listen, I've got... I got five grand. I just want to, you know, want to work out a program with you. What's sure. the best way to do? Shoot that? me an email, Kate at daughtersofthedeep .org. Um, Or if not, you want to go to the general one, is info at daughtersofthedeep .org. And anyone who responds to that email will be like, yes, please. Be fantastic. <laughs> we'll give you a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Well, well, I'm going to put all those um, links in the show notes cool. anyway, because I want I want people to support you because I just Thank love you. what you're doing. And Thank Girls you. with Hammers is going to support you. In, and yeah. we'll talk of you and I. Oh, that's so fantastic. Thank you so much. Something. 
Oh, thank you for allowing me to be able to talk about all these things and for supporting the work that I do. It's, um, um, you know, it's just as important championing each other and giving each other that space and that voice. So, um, yeah, a huge, massive thanks from Daughters of the Deep, not only for this and for the exposure, but for the for the plans for the future. I'm excited to see what we're going to end up doing. You have to pick a place. You're like, I want to go work in there and we'll find. A place <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't wait to do that. Oh, but, Kate, thank you so, so, so thank much. You. And you and I were meant to catch up. Absolutely. For a, like, I know. This weekend, we actually. So we sad. would have been together tonight, but um, it's uh, it's been cancelled. But I can't wait to see you again. And I was just yeah. telling Kate we um, we we'll, we want to get Kate to speak at the next Girls with Hammers conference uh, in 2023. So if you are local and you're coming to that conference, you will see Kate in person, and you can hear her story. It'll be different to what she said here, but um, Kate, I'll be talking absolutely... about the new collab with Girls of Hammers, uh, Girls yeah. of Hammers, and. <laughs> And what project we've got off the ground, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, fantastic. But, Kate, I absolutely love you. Always, we always have, always will. You just, mm -hmm. I just okay, love yeah. your heart and soul and your spirit. And you, you're just one amazing human being. And I'm, I'm really honoured to be your friend. Really am. Oh, that's very sweet. And right back at you. I think it's really <laughs> awesome when we see other people doing what we inspire to do ourselves. And we just inspire each other. So thank you very much. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Oh, my absolute pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, I will catch up with you very soon and we'll get on the way. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. See no worries. Bye. Oh, guys, I absolutely love Kate. And I've, I've, as I said, I know I don't care and I'm, I'm not too proud to say this. I fell in love with her the minute I met her. She's just her energy and her drive and her spirit and her soul to make this world a better place are just so addictive. She is absolutely bloody amazing so like you heard she started out in well god she's got a long history before this but she was doing sea shepherd she still is um on the sea shepherd boats and uh that that just scares the shit out of me but she does it she's working with the coast guard you know trying to protect the waters and now she's one of the founders of the daughters of the deep which we were just um talking quite a bit about and they're doing some great stuff and i just love the fact that they're trying to empower women and get get girls into the marine well i don't know into the marine environment into jobs uh in the in the marine field and i think that's just so important we've got to save the ocean and uh, you know, I think getting a few more girls in there is going to be a damn good thing. So I really hope you like that. Um, go and follow Sea Shepherd, follow Daughters of the Deep. You know, as Kate said, if the minimum you can do is just share their posts um, or tell people about it or just educate yourself, go and watch some uh, environmental movies or some you know, cut down on the plastics. I mean, God, there's so many ways, so many ways we can save the ocean. And, and I don't like to be the, you know, the uh, deliverer of doomsday news, but the truth is once the ocean dies, we're dead. So uh, that to me sounds like pretty shitful. If you don't care about you, like the guy in the taxi, what about your kids? What about other generations? So we've got to try a lot harder. Um, I hope this, I don't want to be the, you know, the big, big ogre that's growling, but we, we've got to do better. And I hope that um, Kate was inspiring, you know, in, the, in that it'll make you think more and share information more. So anyway, before I go down a big rabbit hole and start badgering, I better shut up. But I've absolutely loved this. I hope you have too. And I want to thank you again for joining me every week. And it means the world to me. And I will see you next week. See ya. Thanks for joining me. As always, I hope this episode inspired you. If you know somebody who's taken courageous action to create something that's making a difference for other people, let me know about it. Go to my website, karenvaughan.com, tinker around there, have a bit of a look and send me a message. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, you're worth it. Your unique talents and gifts need to be out in this world. And I'm so passionate about inspiring you to achieve that. So you've listened to this episode. Just say yes, make the decision and put one foot in front of the other. See you next week.